0: Opening Arguments is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
1: What kind of law do you practice?
2: Maritime. Maritime law.
1: On what grounds could you possibly prevail? Grounds? Who cares about
2: grounds? Cases always come down to who the jury likes better. I've sworn you that if you attempt to ban a rag or bulldoze this witness, I should think we're view dim it. Your lordship is most pretty. Very well, anyway. <laughs> a cash settlement. I could have figured that out, you button down maggot! you have any cream? Oh, yes, of course. Where are my manners?
1: Welcome to Opening Arguments, the podcast that pairs an inquisitive interviewer with a real life lawyer. This podcast is sponsored by the Law Offices of P. Andrew Torres, LLC for entertainment purposes, is not intended as legal advice, and does not form an attorney-client relationship. Don't take legal advice from a podcast.
0: Hello and welcome to Opening Arguments. This is episode 370, and if we sound any different... That's your imagination, because we always record <laughs> in quarantine. We have to change exactly nothing about the method of recording, just the
2: m- amount of kids
0: that are around.
2: How's it going? Yeah. Andrew? <laughs> it's going fantastic, Thomas. I mean, I'm I'm definitely 100 percent sick, but I I feel like I've got a signature stay to that optimism. Bit. Yeah, literally you literally have go. the
0: coronavirus right now. Oh and yeah, the no, the world I... is melting down. Andrew's like,
2: I'm great yeah doing great. i just love doing the show what can yeah. i say well so, i do too you know. <laughs> i know you do i love
0: it even more now that it is a brief respite from raising two kids which i you know i love <laughs> my kids but oh my god it is much better life is better when some people can look after your kids for a portion of the day and now that's not happening for the foreseeable future
2: I I thought you were going to say you like it better now that we're not all Trump all the time and we're, (laughs) you know, 90% coronavirus, 10% Trump. I'm still uh,
0: so mad about, A, the fact that his ineptitude and just corruption and everything, just his, his uh, what's the best word for it? His his short-sighted desire to try to fix the markets for like another day or two is going to lead to probably, who knows, 10,000? The hundred that who any number of thousands of extra deaths that, that didn't need to happen. So and, I'm and, I'm mad about and, that 24 uh, seven.
2: How about how about also the racism in calling it the Chinese sure. virus? I'm I'm mad about that. And how about the fact that to paper over the fact that Trump's economic policies are a disaster, we've basically like blown our load in terms of like what kind of fiscal stimulus you know that the the fed can do in terms of (sighs) you know you can't reduce interest rates below zero so (laughs) um and we already delivered a trillion and a half dollars back
0: to rich people in 2017 so we don't have that money that could have been that didn't
2: that didn't directionally change the markets at all by the way, right? Like li- literally, you you plot the graph from Obama to Trump pre coronavirus, and it is a straight, you know, single single variant line, and you cannot pick out the time in which it was like, oh, here was a massive, uh, you know, one point five trillion dollar infusion into the economy. Um, but you know what
0: the worst part about it is, Andrew?
2: All yeah. that is all that is awful. The worst part is
0: all of these Fox News aholes and Trump are gonna make a pivot, and they have. Oh, no, I knew it was a serious virus uh, the whole time. Uh, so definitely, uh, we're on top of it. And, uh, re- you know, polls come out and it's like, yeah, Trump's doing a great job. <laughs> or it's about the same, you know, it's like the same percentage you would expect from anything else in our partisan, you know, in our a, a, a duopoly of, of uh, narratives or whatever. Like it's, yeah. And, I, but- you know, I everyone thought it. You saw the articles. They're like, this is going to be the thing. This finally t- takes him out because he's so inept. He's cost lives. I don't know. I don't know, everybody. So vote in November if, in fact, we hold an election in November. And that's what we're going to talk about because we've got to get to our show, which is your, well, it's many things, but it's also your coronavirus questions. That is, if you're a patron on patreon.com slash law, we put up a question thread. We got great, you know, a ton of tremendous questions. Um, and I think this is great because we're not going to try to be doctors or anything, but there are plenty of interesting Andrew type questions for about coronavirus, uh, lots that people want to know, especially around employment. You know, are people's jobs safe, or our, you know? There's there's so many interesting and important legal questions that I'm glad we are doing this show, and we got our our resident Andrew Torres expert to uh, to help us. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm looking forward to that. Um, we're going to do something a little different in this episode, which is we are going to record back to back. We've got an, an intro segment on really, really important. We can never leave Yodel Mountain, so uh, we we have an intro segment on the uh, the the previously pending criminal indictment against concord management and consulting and then after that we're going to take your questions we're going to do a special double length episode which patrons will get all at once today and then to make up for that and then normies don't worry you'll get you'll get the second half of the episode at our regular time on tuesday um, but if you're you know if you're self-quarantined uh we thought we would uh, we would get that that first episode out early to patrons. And so that you have something coming out on Tuesday, we also have the audio of my talk before the Houston Oasis. The group. last talk at the end of the yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, literally. It might have been the last gathering of humans. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and that talk is called We're All Gonna Die. <laughs> but has nothing to do with corona. So, you might uh, it's going to sound quite silly
0: and delightful.
2: Huh? remember when we were going to die of something other than coronavirus? Those were the days. Yeah. So, I I'm, I'm really proud. I I put a lot of work into that talk. We're going to upload the 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 slides as well and and Ooh. I think I think you'll enjoy it. So
0: That sounds uh, great. What a great plan. Well, with that said, let's get to our first segment, which uh, will be a brief tryst on Yodel Mountain. Before we go to Corona Mountain, COVID, <laughs> COVID Mountain, it's a whole different. Yeah, mountain. Co-
2: Corona Mountain sounds like yeah. you know it's it's uh, Cinco de nice. Mayo. Yeah, <laughs> everything is fine, nothing is ruined. Oh, that's good to hear. That's just a, Wait a minute, oh, flagrant error.
0: Okay, so up first before we get to the coronavirus stuff, I saw this story. Uh, you know, a lot of people saw it, and it was one of those things where. I didn't know what to think. You know, I'm kind of maxed out. I'm following this coronavirus so much. You know, I'm trying to read as much as I can. I'm obviously like everybody. I'm pretty worried and all that. And then I see this this uh, flash news headline that's like, Department of Justice decides not to go after the Russian. Company that did the hacking or whatever, something to that effect. And I thought, I don't have time to process this. I don't have the mental energy to process this. Is this like, are they squeezing this in while everybody's occupied? Is this a corrupt thing? Or is Andrew going to tell us this is actually totally fine and we shouldn't worry about it? So... Which is it, Andrew?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, I do have the uh, time and desire uh, to track <laughs> these kinds of cases. Let me sort of lay out the facts. I'll I'll, I'll spoil the conclusion, which is, uh, I think it's mostly okay, but there are a couple of question marks that I that I just want to raise. and and I will tell you 100% disclosure, when it flashed across my screen, because, you know, I've got various ticklers set up for important cases that we follow on opening arguments. My initial response was, oh, yeah, Bill Barr's is going to Bill Barr and is trying to hide doing a favor for the Russians while, you know, everybody is focused on coronavirus. There is some reason to be skeptical, but but there are lots of other reasons to think that uh, that maybe this isn't nefarious. So let's break it down. On this Monday, March 16th, the federal government moved to dismiss the Mueller probe's indictment against two Russian companies, Concord Management and Consulting, LLC, and Concord Catering. And Catering? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, I, I realize they're both owned by uh, the same Russian oligarch. Uh,
0: is it just that the <laughs> Russian yeah. hackers have, like, a legitimate catering business on the side that they actually <laughs> care a lot about, like... Gosh, I yeah, wish no, they wouldn't be doing the hacking on the other side of this company
2: cuz this <laughs> catering is top notch. Hire <laughs> us for your wedding, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> They're pigs in a blanket yeah. and uh, <laughs> it's just so good. No, I I I, I believe and and People are welcome to correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe that the catering company is is another like false front yeah, front. yeah like, like the, the, the
0: the company board meetings would be hilarious like oh what's your division doing well we're interfering with elections we've got you know all this stuff we got we're what really big well, into taquitos yeah. these days we're, we're we're working on how to keep those little candles lit longer under the 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 did the tins because it really keeps the food nice and fresh for that, that second hour of that. It's sitting out there. Uh, it'd be a, it'd be a weird meeting, but no.
2: So not that. No, not that. Okay. And folks may recall. So this is part of a larger indictment against 13 named Russians and the internet research agency. Those indictments are still pending, right? Um, so uh, those Those cases are going forward. This is a motion to dismiss out only the Concord entities. And you may recall that Concord Management and Consulting has been a bad actor throughout this process, right? Um, They have taken discovery and have altered it and used it, right? I mean, you know, their, their mission is interfere in U.S. elections. And so... They continue to do that while serving as a criminal defendant. Oh, so they're actually
0: active in the process because I wasn't sure. I thought when, you know, back when they indicted all these different Russians, I thought the idea was, well, they're never going to see a day in court. It's not like this is going to go anywhere. It's just they're doing this to kind of show here's the people who did stuff wrong. But so have these people actually been uh, participating in this like criminal justice uh,
2: system? From yeah, Russia? It, or are it, they it, here. It, indeed, so so here's the way it's happened, right? Concord Consulting is also owned by the same oligarch, Yevgeny Prigogine. Right? They have not appeared, but Concord Management hired lawyers in the U.S. and they have appeared in court. In question, you know, in, in quotation marks, right? Wow. They are denying that the court has jurisdiction over them, but they have hired U.S.-based counsel to lie in open court on their huh. behalf. I had no idea. And so one of the things that happened was over a year ago, January of 2019. So this is after Bill Barr is attorney general. But while the Mueller probe is still going on, right, there was a motion for a protective order that the government filed Uh, Because Concord was, quote, altering and disseminating discovery as part of a disinformation campaign aimed at discrediting ongoing investigations into Russian interference in the U.S. political system. So, in other words, what that means in English was... uh, We've, we've talked about on the show, when you're a criminal defendant, you have certain rights to discovery, right? The government has an obligation to turn over any information that might be exculpatory. That is Brady material after Brady versus Maryland. Right. And you can serve... Interrogatories, you can take depositions, right? And 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 you can serve uh, requests for production of documents, and the government has to turn over certain categories of documents. Uh, and so, yeah, right. So that's what Concord Management was doing. They would they would serve interrogatories, get documents, and then take those documents, alter them, put them out on the website, and say, "See, the entire Mueller investigation is a sham and a witch uh, hunt." And you know, right, exactly. So, look there are different ways that you could respond to that in a prosecution, right? One of the things that you could do is you absolutely could filter all discovery uh, through the court, for example, right? You could say, okay, we're not, Mm -hmm. we're going to turn things over in camera and only to the representatives of the party, right? But, but, At the end of the day, what this pleading says, okay, and this motion to dismiss was filed on March 16th uh, and granted the same day. And I'm going to talk about the standard there in a minute. Says, look, this is a Russian-based company. They haven't been playing by the rules. We they don't have any assets in the United States. We don't think there's any meaningful chance that we can get a a conviction that would matter. Mm -hmm. And if the owner right, Pergoshan steps foot in the United States, we still have a pending indictment against oh, of, him. Of him right? personally. Yeah. Okay. Right. So he can be indicted. He could be arrested. He has been indicted. He can be arrested. He could be extradited to the U.S. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Oh, I, from another. Like if he goes from in another some yeah, friendly yeah, country. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, if he, you know, vacations in the Swiss Alps or something like <laughs> that. Right. So it is our judgment that Because Concord is abusing the discovery process, we're just we're going to dismiss it out. We don't want to maintain this prosecution because it's. It's, it's undermining pointless. national security yeah. and it's pointless at the end of the day. That's right. So and and the standard here is Federal Rule of Criminal Procedure 48A, which says before trial courts do not evaluate the propriety. Right. This is prosecutorial discretion. If the government moves to dismiss a case, then the only thing by and large that a court looks for is to protect the defendant against kind of serial abuse. Right. Like bringing charges Going all the way to the eve of trial, particularly, you know, where we have a system of, of largely pretrial detention in this country. Right. Then dismissing the charges, letting you go, bringing new charges again. Right. Like that you, you could see how that would be abusive. Mm-hmm. And so courts do intervene in those kinds of cases. They don't intervene in cases like this. And so, as I said, the motion to dismiss was instantly granted now. Is there something potentially fishy? Um, first, let me give you the evidence against there being anything fishy. OK, um, but first is the story, right? Uh, which I, I think is plausible, right? Makes sense. I made a good case for it. Second is the fact that this pleading was signed by Heather Alpino, um, who is a DOJ lawyer in the National Security Division who worked very closely with the Mueller investigation and by Adam Jed. And if that name sounds familiar, Adam Jed was one of the four prosecutors who resigned when Barr put his thumb on the scale in and ordered Um. a supplemental uh, sentencing memorandum for Roger Stone. Right. So I, I trust Adam Jed. Right. He's already taken a stand. And the fact that he affixed his name to this to this pleading is I think very, very strong evidence, as is as is the Alpino signing, right? Like these are not this is not coming from Bill Barr's hacks. Gotcha. But there is a weird thing that's in the pleading. It's it's stated in the summary section and it's repeated again on page seven, and nobody else has picked up on this. Mm. Partially for the reason that I'm that I'm about to distracted. read. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, yeah, because we're all dead from Corona. The only one with document
0: dedication like Andrew Torres is going to pick <laughs> it up. So
2: here we go. It says, upon careful consideration of all the circumstances, this is the crucial part, and particularly in light of recent events mm-hmm. and a change in the balance of the government's proof due to a classification determination, as well as other facts described in more detail in a classified addendum to this motion which by the way we don't have access to because it's classified the government has concluded that we should drop the proceedings so hmm. a piece of information crucial to the prosecution of concord management was recently classified it was there was a change in the decision to up layer it right to go from being unclassified to being classified
0: that's really and
2: weird. that's a presidential determination. Now, again, that the president doesn't unilaterally determine everything, but the president has plenary powers over whether information is classified as commander in chief uh, is classified as being highly confidential for reasons of national security. And he took an important piece of their case and classified that information. And, and again, I say he it, it, this could have been administrative, right? Like there are the, the mechanisms of government for classifying information, you know, by our various intelligence agencies. It, it, this doesn't necessarily mean that this was a Trump action, um, but it is a change. It is a difference. And. Continuing, the prosecutors then say that forces the prosecutors to choose between a materially weaker case against Concord management and the compromise of classified material. And and again, you know, you can put on classified material in a criminal case, but you can't hide it from the defendant. Right. Right. You know, (laughs) so you can lock down the courtroom. But, you know, if Concord lawyers are treasonous, right? If if their representatives are there funneling information back to the client, uh which we know they are, uh then you do have to reveal it to them. So I it I want to say right, you know, I want to do like the the politifact meter here, right? <laughs> like I want to say that there are very good reasons to dismiss out this case. The story as I articulated to you makes sense and i can get behind it was signed by prosecutors that i respect Mm. and i think are above reproach but that's weird yeah and 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 again at the end of the day it is dismissing out an indictment against a bad actor yeah for being a bad actor right so you know so there are two things well if you're not
0: gonna play then fine Well, i'm not gonna prosecute you kind of thing it seems yeah but i guess i don't know that makes sense. Are we, is there any way we could ever learn what this classified thingy is or are we yeah, never going to know?
2: Uh, our next president, probably Joe Biden. He's not uh, going to remember this. No going to
0: be, he, there's a lot of going to
2: be on his mind. I think will uh, will have the power to declassify documents. So until this document is declassified, and, and, and you know, I mean, you make the crack and it's not, you know, it's not a bad one. But at the end of the day, I do believe that the next administration will commission a task force to review classification of material during the Trump era. Um, Interesting. Uh, unless these people all set everything on fire on their way out, which, uh, you know, strikes me as plausible. It's hard to burn every last copy. I mean, that's, you know, that's part of what the uh, investigation into Ukraine indicated. And we know that those documents are there. Uh, We know, you know, so that's going to happen in my view in our next presidential administration. But, uh, but until then we will not get access to that document.
0: All right. Well, interesting stuff, but I think it's time we get to, the main, the starring figure in our uh, <laughs> in its foreseeable future, the yeah, coronavirus. We'll, yeah, COVID-19. we'll take a break.
2: We'll take a break in the middle and do uh, T3BE and, you know, just like just oh, like regular. Okay. But, yeah, but I wasn't yeah, sure. Let's, let's if I, but questions.
0: if I get it wrong, I'm going to start coughing and just pretend that it's because of the virus that I do Well, obviously. I I have. would
2: expect nothing less from you, Thomas.
0: I <laughs> suspect I will someday be able to know for certain whether I already had coronavirus or not. What are they, what are they you know? Oh, by the way, should we mention that people wrote in to say from last time that, uh, you know, Thomas was right and Andrew was probably wrong, but it's unlikely that you're going to get reinfected again. It's possible, but it's, you know, it's like, yeah, I think
2: I think you I think you were mostly right and I was mostly wrong. So that's uh, but there are multiple strains. And so, yeah, you can't get the same strain twice, but you can get uh, a parallel strain. Of there are multiple, I don't think there are multiple COVID
0: 19s What do you mean? I think you, I, th- I think there's a chance of reinfection, but it's
2: low. I thought, and I, I this is paving our way for another. Here Andrew we go. Was send wrong. In the emails. Said, yeah, send it. In. Uh, my understanding from our uh, scientist and doctor listeners was that. Uh, within the strain of COVID-19, there are substrains, right, that there are differences in mm. geographic locations. And that's part of the reason why, because uh, my initial my initial analogy was you can get the flu, you know, multiple times. And there's a lot more strains of flu. Right. Though. There are a lot yeah. more strains of the flu. So, uh, well, I,
0: OK, well, I think that's so part doctors, of the explanation. Doctors oh, yeah. right in my explanation that I had uh, read that actually I think was from another source was that getting reinfected has more to do with your your own body and whether you built the uh, the antibodies or whatever like in the process like you can some people are better or worse at that or you can lose them over time and that's why you would get reinfected not because there's another strain of covid-19 but that's so doctors right in there's our there's our positions all right we'll, <laughs> we'll see <laughs> anyway we're we're not going to be doctors but but uh we are going we're not even going to play them on TV or anything i mean i would if, if any any rules you, you're We're handsome gonna... enough to play a oh, doctor on TV. I, I think Appreciate so. Appreciate it. But we are going to uh, get some answers from Andrew about the uh, the legal questions that everybody has been asking on our Patreon. Opening Arguments is brought to you by HIMS. Folks, you've heard us talking about HIMS and how they're helping guys look their best. But if you haven't yet, it's time to see what they're all about. Did you know that 66% of men start to lose their hair by age 35? And once you've noticed that that hair's starting to thin, it can be too late. Here's the thing. Scientifically... It is easier to protect the hair you have rather than to gain hair back. So why do guys turn to weird solutions or do nothing when they can actually turn to medicine and science? And that's why you should go to forhims.com, your one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. We are pro-science on this show. I think that uh, the latest events have shown how important science and science literacy is. And here's the thing about this. These are not snake oil pills or gas station supplements. These are prescription solutions backed by science. They are FDA approved products to help treat hair loss. And Hims was created by someone who knows that some health conversations are easier online than in person, especially now. <laughs> Hims is more important than ever, actually. Uh, no more in-person doctor's visits four hymns connects you to real doctors online which can save you hours and it's completely confidential and discreet you answer a few quick questions a doctor will review and if they determine it's right for you they can prescribe you medication to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door right now our listeners can get started with their first month free go to fourhims.com oa that's fourhims.com oa Prescription requires an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Offer valid only if prescribed. Three-month minimum subscription. Additional restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that's forhymns.com slash OA. So step one, here we go.
2: My, 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 my. Coronavirus and
1: this is their new hoax.
2: Are there and, words about a pandemic at this point? No, we're not at all, and uh,
1: we're, we have it totally under control. You did disband the White House Pandemic Office. I don't know anything about it. I mean, you say you say we did that, I don't know anything you, about it. You don't know we're about spending? the, about no, the reorganization it's, that it's happened the, at the National it's Security It's the administration, Council. perhaps they do that.
2: We have it very much under control in this country. Come on, come on. Anybody that needs a test can have a test. But I've always known this is a, this is a real, this is a pandemic.
0: Coronavirus. Shoot, do we need a COVID intro? <laughs> Brian, uh see me after class. Maybe we'll make one. I don't know. Maybe yeah. we haven't heard one. Oh, that I don't and, know what it would be. Uh and, I also don't know how I will do it with the kids uh monkey
2: bars off of me at all times, but I could try. In in Brian we trust. I'm yeah. sure that that he will come up with I and 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 that lovely intro that we just heard. i'm presuming gives me a chance to kind of give an overview to all of these questions because i think it's really important to 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 note that there is a governing principle that i want you to keep in mind and it's a case called ex parte milligan from 1866 yeah um some uh, I, I, Lawrence Tribe has talked about this. This is not original to me, but I think that it, it really is important to kind of keep it in in the forefront as you're applying sort of your O.A. Skeptical legal toolkit to uh, stories that come up, you know, in between listening to this episode and when we record next. And and that's this. So an 1866 case, you can probably guess what it was about. right? It was about the Civil War. And in particular, during the Civil War, President Lincoln suspended the writ of habeas corpus. Mm. He declared martial law. And one of the things that he did was ordered military tribunals for dissenters and Confederate sympathizers and people in open rebellion against the United States. One of them was a lawyer. One of those. Dissenters uh, was a lawyer with the delightfully old timey name of Lambden P. Milligan, <laughs> uh, which is just, I know that's going to show up in next week's Patreon yeah. uh, names. Uh, Lambden P. Milligan, who was part of the Sons of Liberty. And yeah, he was a racist clown horn, right? Like, he was a, a, a horrible, terrible human being. And he was charged with conspiracy against the United States, aiding and abetting the Confederacy, inciting insurrections, you know, the the whole nine yards. But he was tried in a military tribunal after the suspension of habeas corpus and the Declaration of, of Martial Law. And Milligan was a lawyer, right? He was a racist scumbag lawyer, but Right. He was not engaged in armed insurrection against the United States. He was out there, part of the Sons of Liberty, uh, which I, I'm just picturing like Sons of Anarchy crossed with, you know, Confederates in the background. But yeah, it doesn't. Uh,
0: so so the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: but 1866. So there are ah, no motorcycles. No, yeah. And in any event, military tribunals Um, and I'm and I'm painting with a broad brush here, but they suck. Right. Particularly if you're a defendant. And so they convicted him and they sentenced him to hang by the neck until dead. And uh, then fortunately, he was not immediately hung and the civil war ended, which is a good thing. And uh, Milligan sued uh, in order to uh, stay the execution, arguing that he should not have been prosecuted in a military tribunal. And the Supreme Court agreed with him. They said, look. Martial law doesn't suspend the Constitution. As long as there are civilian courts out there operating, you can't just say, well, we'd rather try this guy in a military tribunal because he's hostile to the United States. So they let him go. They vacated that conviction. And so I want to emphasize that, that as we talk about the limits of governmental powers and what happens during a national emergency, especially, I get it. There are lots of reasons to be, skeptical or even afraid of donald trump um the the constitution applies during states of emergency the constitution applies during declaration of martial law which hasn't happened right the constitution applies in the most if it applies during the heart of the civil war it applies during a coronavirus and 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 you should take comfort in that fact
0: yeah but did they have four uh, total conservative hacks in the Supreme court during this, the civil war. No, we'll uh, see.
2: I, I, again, there may come a time when law means nothing. Right. And this, this podcast will just be me screaming into the void for 90 yeah. minutes. <laughs> I mean, more so than that, I mean, but screaming less coherently into the void for now. Ma-
0: I, I do most of the screaming into the void on the show. And then you try to pick up the pieces and tell us we'll all be okay. But if in if when law doesn't matter anymore, then then we can both scream together. Or maybe yeah. we'll switch roles. I'll just be like, well, yeah, but I don't
2: know what. I'll, I'll come up with something. Anyway, here we go. Well, well uh, it'll be a survivalist podcast. Yeah. Right? You could be you could <laughs> yeah. be the optimist about, look, here's this simple way to build a fire out of household materials. Like, Andrew, stop screaming to the void. They can hear us. All <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: okay. Here's our uh, first line of questioning. Now, we... <laughs> I kind of broke it down into nine topics. We'll see how. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. We'll see how long it takes you to get through that. There's also subtopics questions that
2: I have. To and, we're, okay. and we're a trim half hour into the show already. Hey, but we so. get a
0: whole nother episode to, to oh, tackle good this. Good point. Good point. All right. So, question one Is there any danger of Trump using this emergency
2: to mess with the general election in any way? Okay. Let's tackle the general election, and then I also want to—I do want to talk about the primaries. Oh, I was going to ask you about the. Okay, all right. Well, let's start with the general election. Donald Trump cannot reschedule the general election. I'm going to show you that. Okay, Um, that is a matter of statute it is 2 USC 1 which is a law passed in 1875 right i mean you know you can we, we typically would say like 42 USC yeah. 1378 right uh this is 2 USC 1 and the yeah. first book is like it is like you know uh an introduction to the US code for dummies right like title 2 is The Congress. And it is the first set of laws. And this is the very first law that they passed um, sections one and then specifically, uh, specifically section seven, uh, which says time of election. The Tuesday next after the first Monday in November. In every even numbered year is established as the day for the election in each of the states and territories of the United States of representatives and delegates to the Congress commencing on the third day of January. Next, thereafter, Um, section one says uh, it was amended because remember that Senate senators were not uh, directly elected until the 20th century. So House of Representatives and the Senate. Uh, And the presidency are all provided. I'm about to read the statute for for the presidency are all provided by an act of Congress as authorized by the Constitution. And what that means is that cannot be changed without a subsequent act of Congress. Right. So Donald Trump cannot do that unilaterally. And act of Congress means Nancy Pelosi has to sign off on it. Right. So. Could they amend to USC one and seven? They could do that, but it would require the consent of the House of Representatives. Why did Trump I think this was do it in, in the constitution? constitution?
0: I thought they didn't they give the, the date of the elections. I, am I nuts? I thought it was in the Constitution itself.
2: Yeah. No, no. The date of the election is not fixed in the constitution Mm. um you might be thinking of article one section four which says that congress shall assemble at least once every year and each meeting shall be on the first monday in december Ah. uh, unless they shall by law appoint a different day oh wait i'm
0: thinking of what didn't you say it's in the constitution that the presidency starts on the january whatever like the delay between didn't we talk about that where it has to be the lame yeah. duck period. Didn't we have a question about so that?
2: So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But okay. that too is a law, right? Oh, and it's again, a law. Oh, yeah. It's my mistake. It's one of these. Part of it is because these are super old timey laws. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it sounds like when you hear, you know, shall be on the second Tuesday after the first <laughs> month. Right. Like it. You you think of it as being in the same. Yeah, like, that was like in the Bible pen. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly right. So title two of the U.S. Code is the Congress. Title three of the U.S. Code is the president. These are the first laws that apply to the president. And three U.S.C. one says the electors of president and vice president shall be appointed in each state on the Tuesday next after the first Monday in November in every fourth year succeeding every election of a president and vice president. So, what were they so, doing
0: for the first eighty some odd years?
2: Were they just like, <laughs> "Hey, you
0: guys want to have an election? Yeah, it feels about right. Let's have one now.
2: Seems like the right time." Well, again, in the first uh, like hundred years, the groundhog years or so, saw its shadow, yeah. they had an election. <laughs> You you just didn't have the same formalized U.S. code system, right, because okay. the federal government was so much smaller. And right. once we were post industrialization and it was clear that we were going to need to standardize. Our laws; uh, otherwise, it would just be like sort of pages of crazy books. And you know, the job of a lawyer was already super hard, and they were like, "Why don't we make it a tiny bit easier for these folks?" Um, the fact gotcha. that lawyers were presidents, you know, probably assisted <laughs> in that. So, so no, I've just read you the law that says that Donald Trump cannot move the election. Okay, but now our our listeners wanted to know well. What if instead of moving the election, Trump just cancels the election,
0: right? Well, that feels like the same answer would apply, wouldn't it? I mean, if it says it happens on this day and time in the law, then you, when uh, you need, still need Nancy Pelosi's pen. So,
2: no, What? as it turns out. Is this a weird okay? trick that's going to end it, our democracy? It, cool. It, 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 it's a weird trick that's not going to end our democracy. Oh. But But here's the thing, as far as I can tell. Some aspects of the law require you to hold an election. Others will say, if you hold an election, Mm. it has to be at X particular time, right? So think of this in a practical sense, right? That is, Donald Trump, as commander-in-chief, marshals up the National Guard, right, and orders them a la... Uh, you know George Wallace standing at the you know gates of the University of Alabama and says uh, where our orders are to shoot on sight anybody that tries to enter these polling places right and and physically prevents the election from taking place right the worst case scenario again I I, I do not. <sighs> I'm about to say the sentence, I do not think Donald Trump would do this, right? There's not a lot that I don't think Donald Trump would do. Um, But let's assume ultimate nefarious intent, right? I'm going to mobilize the National Guard. I'm going to blockade polling places. I'm going to physically prevent people from voting. What would happen? And the answer is Donald Trump would not continue in office well, yeah, he as runs, president
0: oh what wait why
2: here's why okay
0: <laughs> i thought i had an answer then i realized that i didn't so now yeah, yeah
2: uh, so and the and the reason is the 20th amendment hmm. okay so the 20th amendment to the constitution specifies in section one, women can vote or something. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. no, yeah, no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know all my men. This is the, the alcohol one, right? Yeah. It's definitely that uh, yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> the terms of the president and the vice president shall end at mm. noon on the 20th day of January and the terms of senators and representatives at noon on the third day of January of the years in which such terms would have ended if this article had not been ratified and the terms of their successors shall then begin. So that means if the president is not affirmatively reelected, his term ends. He is no longer the president
0: who becomes president.
2: Yeah. Good question. A a bald eagle or something. uh, (laughs) So, I think the answer is Nancy Pelosi, and I'm going to explain why. Um, but I want to say that this has been floated out there, and I have done the math on um, Vox journalist Ian Milheiser, who <laughs> thinks, and I am not making this up, we will go through it, that the answer is Chris Baron Leahy. Trump. Oh, yeah. No, no. i uh, no, sorry. I said Chris. Uh, Pat Leahy, the 80-year-old senior senator from Vermont. Um, the only person older than Bernie Sanders in the Senate. Uh, that seems uh, you want to say one weird trick like President Pat Leahy seems amazing. I, I will tell you, I don't agree with Ian's logic. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. But his math works out. And so it, 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 it truly is the case. I believe if Donald Trump mobilizes the National Guard, that either Nancy Pelosi or Pat Leahy will become president, uh, which is not a thing that Donald Trump wants. So, how do we get there? I just read you Section One, which says the terms of the presidency end uh, on the twentieth of January. The terms of the House of Representatives and and the Senate end on January third. So, in other words, Congress gets to meet for two and a half weeks before the new president is sworn in and section two of the 20th amendment says the Congress shall assemble at least once every year. And such meeting shall begin at noon on the third day of January, unless they shall by law appoint a different day, which they have not. So the Congress must assemble. And here's where things get weird (laughs) because All of the every member of Congress is elected every two years. So if there are zero elections, yeah, yeah, every member of of the House of Representatives, correct. Thank you for for the clarification. Um, Every member of the House of Representatives is reelected every two years. So if there are no elections, it will be very strange (laughs) to imagine how you can have a Congress (laughs) to assemble on January 3rd. I suspect that in the event that there are no elections because of, you know, physically barring the doors, that what would happen is the governors of those states. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: same right. as when a congress member dies or something. Yep, There's some exactly. Process,
2: yeah. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll get to a point uh, and and can, you know, promulgate the document so that it happens at exactly noon on January 3rd. And we'll get to reappoint Everybody in the House of Representatives, uh, you know, if they're from the same party or appoint new representatives, if they're from a different party, that will be massive chaos. That will Uh, be. I was going to say, it's not like there's any
0: state that has all members of one party or the House of Representatives. You know, what I mean,
2: yeah, probably correct. And 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 that's why I suspect that you will not see you, you will see. Governors in the event that there's no election for the House of Representatives, which, again, this is not going to happen. Right. This is all a thought experiment Um, because virtually every state has a mixed delegation and because Congress people, although they differ on almost everything, the one thing they love are their own jobs. Yeah, I, I, I suspect you would see. Uh, A first a computer analysis as to who stands to gain the most. Uh, But then uh, I believe that it is the Democrats for reasons that I'm about to explain. Uh, And then a kind of, hey, you know, we could go back and do a tit for tat. And, you know, my state could, uh, you know, California could appoint 53 Democrats and kick all you Republicans out. And, you know, uh, but why don't we just mutually agree that we're all going to, you know, all of our governors are going to just reappoint all of the slates to Congress. Um, And that's, or
0: prior to that, is there anything they can do to stop this hypothetical? Again, this is a hypothetical that's not going to happen, but uh, right. Right. They have stopped this process somehow in the first place, or does Trump have like some unilateral power here to.
2: So here's the thing. Elections are largely in the control of the states, hmm. right? There's very little you can do. Now, right, under the Voting Rights Act and under the 15th Amendment, those elections must meet certain minimum criteria. But one of the reasons that Republicans have been super successful in their voter suppression efforts yeah. uh, is the, the the continuing trend towards federal hands-off deregulation. We yeah. let the states Complicity do whatever they want. the Supreme Court, too. Yep, yep. Uh, gerrymandering is no longer a constitutional claim, right? Political gerrymandering is no longer a constitutional claim. Well, and so, wasn't
0: there the voting rights case that we talked yep. about where they were like, well, no need to, uh, the pre-clearance, right? Wasn't that?
2: Yep, they struck down the preclearance yeah. requirement because, you know, racism's dead. We had a black president. Oh, racism's yeah, so dead in this country. Yeah, exactly. So there's very little that the federal government could do with respect to how states want to hold an election. Right. So so the answer to that question is federal election day for the presidency it gets blockaded. We're going to talk about how that impacts electoral votes in a minute. But would states likely be able to reschedule their congressional elections at a time, you know, and do it at a whole bunch of different times such that Trump couldn't continue to. Yeah. Like that. It would be very easy for them to do to do so under the existing law. So given that, I suspect that the House will convene, that it will look largely like this house and that the speaker of the House will then be Nancy Pelosi. And if that happens. We get to um, uh, I, I do want to put a pin in that, though, because. Um, I want to answer a question on the Speaker of the House uh, because I I saw an interesting, uh, well, in fact, let's pull out the pin right now. I'm going to go down the rabbit trail and do it. The conventional wisdom seems to be, and this has been floated from time to time and in novels, that the Speaker of the House could be anybody, that it doesn't actually have to be a member of the House of Representatives. Oh, that's right. This came up
0: at some point.
2: Yeah. And um, it's been proposed throughout um, You know, not infrequently in the past as a way of uh, doing sort of a Gerald Ford, right? Like, so if you had a situation in which you wanted an unelected compromised person to be president, right, you could have the president and the vice president resign. You would have the House of Representatives name, you know, Thomas Smith as Speaker of the House. Now even we're talking Yeah. Even though you have not been elected to the House of Representatives, the president and the vice president resign on the same day. And now bada bing bada boom. Thomas (laughs) Smith is president of the United States. Yes. I did some research into this and I'm not convinced that anybody can be speaker of the house. I, Uh. I, I, I get the argument. Right. So the argument that they could be is that. There's the no entirety the dog can't play. <laughs> yeah, it is right. The entirety of the rules of the Speaker of the House is Article One, Section Two of the Constitution, which says, "I'm going to read it all to you right now." The House of Representatives shall choose their Speaker and other officers, and shall have the sole power of impeachment. Um, so you have half a sentence <laughs> that says the House can choose their Speaker, right? And it doesn't say they have to choose it from among their membership, so right? It could it, be a dog. It could be a dog, right? Um, here's the arguments for why it couldn't be a dog. First, (laughs) I'm going to hear you. I (laughs) will not hear of it. I'm going to give you an originalist argument. The originalist argument is that the predecessor document, right? The Articles of Confederation required that the Congress of the United States had the power, quote, to appoint one of their number to preside provided that no person yeah. be allowed to serve in the office of president more than one year or any term of but three years.
0: Were they right. talking to a room full of dogs? At that Was there a
2: dog in the room? At I, that I time? don't think so. Okay. <laughs> um, so if you would say now, again, this cuts, I think, strongly uh, on a textualist, originalist uh, view in favor of the argument that said, yeah, at the time, choose their speaker it meant from among their numbers, right? Like that was how those words were understood at the time. Um, there is a counter argument though. And it is the counter argument that you would import over from uh, Hively versus Ivy tech from the, uh, from the title of uh, the, the title seven. Yeah. Cases. More dog law, huh? yeah that says, um, look, they knew how to say, right? Just in the articles of confederation, we knew how to say choose from among their number and the fact that we didn't say choose from among their number means you should infer that uh it could be anybody
0: so all right patron challenge uh come up with names for the airbud sequel uh, speaker of the house <laughs> be, yeah.
2: there's there's a second problem and this is this is a practical problem but 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 it's a real one if airbud becomes speaker of the house okay <laughs> And it is. I see this. no
0: problems. I don't know what. You, <laughs> okay, I'm all ears. I'm fine.
2: Under the house rules, the speaker has tremendous powers. Right. One of the things the speaker must do is arrive first and call the house to order. That makes sense, right? We've seen, you know, that the House of Representatives. You know, you come in and you gavel them down. According to the rules of the House of Representatives, right, and this is Rule Four. Only 17 classes of people are actually allowed to enter the hall of the House of Representatives. Right. And I'm going to go sort of quickly through that. But that is, you know, members of Congress, members elect contestants in election cases. Is there like a
0: pageant where they all
2: (laughs) enter in this way? You have to actually be present on the floor of the Capitol building. In order to be the speaker, right, to 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 gavel the house into order, you have to be led into the floor of the Capitol building. And you and I can't do that. The only people who can do that are these 17 classes mm. of people. I'm going to link it in the show notes. Air Bud but could. Yeah. Oh, no, he could. He could not. A, not if he's not a sitting uh, dog of the House. He can of Representatives. Sit. He's a good boy. <laughs> so it could be. Any member of Congress. It could be the president and vice president. It could be justices of the Supreme Court. It could be the House parliamentarian. It could be staff of committees when business from their committee is under consideration. Oh, could he be hired as a staff? Uh, baby or at the, okay. uh, the and this is the best the best way number seventeen is the catch all such person as have by name received the thanks of Congress. <laughs> oh, I'm sure everybody at some point has so, gotten a congressional so could, medal of honor or something. You right? could do that, right? <laughs> Nancy Pelosi could arrive, gavel the House into session, convene confer say somebody has effects, been a really good somebody boy somebody has been a good boy air airbud <laughs> then airbud would be allowed into the halls of congress okay. and once in the halls of congress then could be named speaker if you get past the originalism issues um but uh that would be a real problem I'm telling you we are better at making
0: movies than the people who make these crappy law <laughs> movies we have to watch this is awesome i yeah. can we make this
2: can this be a quarantine yeah. project? Yeah, we'll figure it out. So, so now you might be thinking, okay. So now Donald Trump <laughs> manages to block all of the elections in Republican in in Democratic districts so that Republicans retake the House of Representatives Ooh. and then even though he doesn't get reelected president, he gets named Speaker of the House of Representatives, right? And then he can succeed when there's a presidential vacancy. He then would be Airbus speaker of the house sitting there as
0: minority leader
2: with his with right? his bone in his mouth. Now he's got nothing to do. That would that would be a that would be a problem. Um, but but no, right. So I, I just wanted to go through all the potential coup scenarios. But as it turns out, that would be prohibited by the ineligibility clause of the Constitution. Hmm. Article one, section six says no person holding any office under the United States, that includes the president, shall be a member of either house during his continuance in office. And here's the thing, because the presidential term doesn't end until January 20th, but the house oh. reconvenes on January 3rd, oh. even a Republican loyalist howler monkey house could not make Donald Trump Speaker of the House while he is still president. They must name somebody else. Wow. So Melania. Uh, <laughs> now let's put all yeah you know if they you get past the originalism thing they could name Melania. Ian Milheiser's argument was suppose Trump cancels all the elections that means there's no House of Representatives. Then what happens?
0: I, sorry, I do want to clarify. What do you mean when you say suppose he cancels elections? Because he
2: can't. Right. Right, right That he... is that is calls out the National Guard, prevents people from voting. Gotcha. So the, the,
0: the story, yeah. the idea is, look, it's too contagious. We can't nobody can yeah. be here.
2: We're on total lockdown. Everybody's yeah. in gas masks. Nobody can vote. Uh, and so well, would I have that to stay mean president. Like
0: mechanically, forever? if a single person can sneak in a ballot, then they would like win like one vote to zero would win
2: whatever the thing. You know what I mean? I, I'm actually going to answer that question. Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, but but not now. OK. Um, so Ian Milheiser says, suppose. There that li- literally zero people vote. Zero states have elections. Then what happens? And the answer is. Where he is correct is that that would not it would that would completely abolish the House of Representatives. But as as you corrected from earlier, it wouldn't abolish the Senate. Mm. Only a third of the Senate is up for election every two years. So the terms of two thirds of the Senate would not expire. So we would have a valid sitting Senate. Even if there were no elections anywhere because of armed guards and in the event that there is not a speaker of the house, the next person in the line of succession is the president pro tempore of the Senate. And that is the senator from the majority party with the longest tenure right now. That would be Chuck Grassley, right? Um, That would be super bad to have President Chuck Grassley. But here's the fun twist and the math that I have worked out. Have you worked
0: out which seats are up? I, (laughs) of course I have. I thought (laughs) my instinct was, it was going to be bad, but I guess since the last map was so bad, maybe this one's a little better, meaning more Republicans are up.
2: No, no, it's still a bad map for Democrats. Right. But more Republican seats are up than Democratic seats. So you have two possibilities, right? If all of the seats that are up are just zeroed out, right? Nobody gets to do anything. There's no vote. There's no election. There's no nothing. But wait, and the House, sorry,
0: there wouldn't, but there wouldn't just I'm be sorry, governors. Senate, I, yeah, I know, yeah, but it's the senators. There wouldn't just be governors appointing people.
2: That's the second possibility, right? So okay. so the first the first possibility is there's just nothing and those seats are vacant. If that happens, the Senate Massively switches over to the Democrats because nice. far more Republicans are up for re election than Democrats. Um, most of those are Republicans in deep red states, right? So they're safe elections. Safe, That's yeah. why it's a bad year. But if there are no elections and those seats are vacant, the Democrats will be the majority party. What if governors manage to fill all of those seats? Well, that's what I did the math on.
0: Oh, of of, uh, which which party controls the state and that kind of thing.
2: I looked at so by the the overwhelming majority are Republicans in states with Republican governors who get reappointed. Then there are Democrats in Democratic states who get reappointed. Sure. Then there are three Republican governors with sitting Democratic senators. Alaska. Uh, I'm sorry. Alabama. That's Doug Jones. Right. Looking at my state abbreviations here. And I'm like, Alaska doesn't have a Democratic senator. No. Doug Jones in Alabama. Right. Obviously, he doesn't get reappointed. Um, Massachusetts, which has a Republican governor, Charlie Baker, and New Hampshire, which has a Republican governor in Chris Sununu. There are, however, seven Democratic states that have Republican senators up for reelection. Colorado, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Montana, North Carolina, and Virginia. Um, Kentucky has
0: a Democratic governor? Kentucky
2: has a Democratic governor, 2018. So if this goes to the case, then... The the swing, right? And everybody behaves in a partisan fashion, that would be a plus four swing to the Democrats, which All would right. take us from fifty-three forty seven good doomsday insurance we've 51-49. got here. We have really good doomsday insurance. And I bet you it was because people showed up to vote in twenty eighteen. It it if not, if if it were not for A Republican losing the governor's mansion in Kentucky in 2018, then this nightmare scenario could potentially give us President Chuck Grassley. Right. Wow. And so, yeah, every in, in time there it really thinking. goes to show like often
0: things we talk about come back to we voted in 2018. Now, I know it doesn't always feel like we accomplish a whole lot, you know, and, and it feels hopeless, It feels whatever. But this truly show there's so many little ways and ways that we may not never even see because. The possibilities don't come up. You know, we're talking about extreme possibilities. But, you know, there are all kinds of little ways that we don't see and ways that we do see that showing up to vote really did make a difference in 2018 and will continue to make a difference every single time.
2: I couldn't have put it better myself. So I I, I endorse that 100 percent. And, yeah, I mean, this is every time you were tempted to think, oh, I live in Kentucky. Right. Remember, it this is Andy Bashir, Right conservative democrat right. again right yeah. probably probably not somebody that uh you know you're likely to agree with much on the show but Andy Bashir may, may be the the difference maker in uh Between, Mitch McConnell yeah. arranging for republicans to sneak through you know a uh, a potential president because because look i've said i don't think donald trump will do this there's nothing I don't think Mitch McConnell will do. And and and, yeah. and if you think otherwise, like, then you're more a, naive I a, <laughs> than I was If you think in otherwise, I have a Supreme Court justice to sell yeah. you. Yeah, it, it, it's, he's been, been blatant about that. So I absolutely uh, – uh, this is why I want to get this math out here. I am sure that Mitch McConnell has looked into this. I'm sure he's thinking <laughs> oh about gosh. it. And I want him to know if, if Mitch McConnell gets on board with this plan – Andy Bashir will appoint a Democrat to replace Mitch McConnell, right? Amy McGrath probably <laughs> uh, in his seat. So he would have to, you know, give up personal power and it would all be to make delightful, wizened Pat Leahy, who has been in the Senate since 1974, president of the United States. So. So, yeah, that is that that's an again. I disagree with a lot of the premises to that scenario. That was the Ian Milhiser, Uh, But uh, but I went I did the math. I looked at it. You might that also was, be uh, asking what if governors are not real. Right. Like there are some of the oh, governors that are up yeah. for reelection. But again, the math still works out in favor of the Democrats. So. Um, so, wow. yeah, Donald Trump cannot use coronavirus to guarantee himself a second term. He can't.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna say as a as a, a special coronavirus measure that we take why don't, why don't we uh, why don't we skip T three B this week because we got we got so much okay. that's I'm um, we'll, we'll skip
2: it. we don't need we'll do a we'll do a hiatus I love T three B just a brief we'll, pause uh, yeah we'll give
0: you a yeah. brief pause yeah, sometimes in we'll, a we will self quarantine T three B so, yeah exactly and let's face it I was gonna nail the question anyway so just yeah, count out, Teresa just counted as a win uh, for me. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll give us, we, we'll leave more time for these important questions. Cause I'm pretty sure we're on bullet point one. still. <laughs> and <laughs> I right. have questions because I've already imagined, again, we have so many movies we can make. Andrew, we really someday, maybe, you know, if this quarantine, if I didn't have kids, I, I could get things done in this quarantine, but it's, it's, I can get way less done now. But anyway, uh, here's my movie idea. We get the, uh, Vin Diesel, you know, those, those types like Vin Diesel and that other guy that do all the same movie over and over. Uh, and by the way, they're not busy cause fast, furious nine, 10, 11, whatever it is, got pushed off or something. They have a, um, they have a, they have a role to play in, in our movie, which is Trump has shut down elections. He's got the national guard. He's guard, they're golden guarding the polling places. But if you can get one vote in, in each state, if you can get one ballot in the box, then you can uh, you can win maybe district by district, state by state, whatever it could be. So they've got to fight their way through the National <laughs> Guard to cast one ballot <laughs> each in every district, I guess. That's oh, going to take a while. You're going to need a big team. What do you think? Uh, so about uh, I movie? was thinking,
2: yeah, it, instead of it being a Fast and the Furious style fighting your way through, it'd be like. Uh, a cross between Mission Impossible well, and Ocean's I think, Eleven. I think right? what like, you do
0: is you set up the team that each guy has a different, or I say, sorry, guy, there's women, of course, there's everybody. Each person has uh, a different skill. And so like you see, you know, you got the sneaky one. He sneaks the ballot <laughs> in the suit. You got the, you got a magician and they come back to the National Guard. They're like, hey, you want to see a card trick? You know, and they do some sort of thing and then they get, get past. They all have their different uh, tactics for getting the ballot in the, in the box
2: that uh, you just elected Eli Bosnick a Senator. So yeah. I hope, I hope you're proud of what you've done.
0: Yeah. Well, of course there's going to be intrigue too. I mean, there's going to be, uh, Oh yeah, we all agree. We're going to elect this person. It can be disagreement. Somebody sneak, tries to elect themselves or something or they, you know, but anyway, I, so I, I use this to ask the question that I asked earlier, which is in this scenario where you haven't been able to cancel the election because you can't, but you've been, you, you, you barred the doors or something using the national guard is that what would happen? Like, if any vote, if any ballots are somehow cast, they would just whoever they voted for, like one ballot, whoever that whoever that one person voted for just wins.
2: So, no. Uh, <laughs> you, need a,
0: you need a majority in some cases or something? No,
2: it's not that you need a majority. It is that for an election to be valid, it must conform to federal law and the Constitution. Boo. Yeah. And and and. Although there's not a lot left. Right. Like we know we can gerrymander you into terrible districts Um, the, the things that we can't do is pref is prefer one section of the state over another section of the state. And that goes back to opening arguments. Episode number one, uh, number Whoa. two, actually, uh, two, two through five, where Gore. we discussed Bush v. Gore. That's right. One of the things I'm not
0: sure how this blows a hole in my film script. Let's see.
2: (laughs) So one of the things that that Bush v. Gore stands for is the idea that um, and and here I'm going to read a quote from the decision. The right to vote is protected in more than the initial allocation of the franchise. Equal protection applies as well to the manner of its exercise. Having once granted the right to vote on equal terms, the state may not. By later, arbitrary and disparate treatment value one person's vote over that of another.
0: But dedicated listeners will remember, and dedicated co-hosts will remember. Wasn't that a percurium opinion, Andrew Torres? It, it Didn't it was mean immediate? almost nothing?
2: <laughs> it means almost nothing. Um, and 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 in particular, I am not convinced that. Bush v. Gore's analysis of 3 USC section 5 will be applied as precedent, um, and I'm going to read that statute in a, in a second. But the underlying analysis upon which it's based is, I think, sound in in that case, right? Which is to say that the right to vote means that a state may not arbitrarily privilege one set of voters in the state over another set of voters mm. in the state but the now state how that gets didn't. applied the yeah.
0: state didn't the national guard came in there trump mm. his cronies but they prevented but, people
2: from voting but here's but here's how the state is doing it because the state is going to count the votes uh. of people who were able to sneak past the lasers yeah, diesel right yeah. yeah and not count the votes of everybody else and that was the rationale used in Bush v. Gore, right? Because remember, Al Gore had pushed for a partial recount of two counties in, in Florida. And the Supreme Court said, no, no, look, like the, the, what, we're, what you're going to do is you're going to apply different standards to these two counties to Volusia and Palm Beach County, then you would apply to the rest of the state. And that runs afoul of three USC five and the and the demands under the Constitution that all votes be treated equally. Now, again, that was 100 percent pretextual in the context of Florida. It would not apply again in a recount situation, but I think it would apply in the tom cruise descending from the ceiling <sighs> all right well to i had their agents cast on the line on i Hallowell like it Day. i like I it I'll have
0: to all right well we could change it up so that they just fight the national guard and then everybody gets to vote there's just a yeah wolverines of yeah. that's right
2: yeah exactly so
0: <laughs> all right i'll go back to my air bud speaker of the house uh yeah i don't know if i'm bad at puns or if there's just no good dog puns for speaker of the house speaker of the schnauzer i don't know.
2: squeaker like my dog likes squeaky toys I, I, I Yeah, there's, there's I, something I good there but our, our patrons will come we'll up put our it and spe- patron hive mind and, and, and speaking of should we uh thank our our new patrons we should
0: thank our patrons uh, all right. and also uh let them know as we did in the top of the show you're gonna get part two in which i promise you we will get through more than one bullet <laughs> <point>. <laughs> you have my but this was fun uh, you know this cheered me up this was fun i love this uh the hypothetical extreme scenarios, you know, that again they seem hypothetical extreme right now, and hopefully they stay that way. Uh, this was a lot of fun, Andrew. Thanks for going through and doing that that counting. Of, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call it math. It wasn't really. There's was no math. You just count it. But, but not to take anything away from your research. I'm just saying there's no, you know, signs and cosines. There's no quadratic equations this was just counting let anyway it,
2: let it let it be said that Thomas Smith is of the view that arithmetic is not math okay the, the record so reflects is counting now, now you make con- it if my
0: if my daughter can count to 10 which she kind of can on some days really depends on the day is she doing math I don't think so she's reciting a list of memorized uh, words that correspond to her fingers or
2: something uh, anyway okay uh, let's Mrs. make Smith, our new uh, please, please please proceed <laughs>
0: Uh, Patreon.com slash law, who are going to be enjoying a part two full of more, uh, much more coronavirus uh, questions that will be covered and uh, hopefully more dog law. Uh, and then we begin with Paul Moulton, Alex Cole, Ainsley Scorsese Jones. I'm sure I pronounced that wrong. Sorry. Teresa Roeder, Rebecca Gomez, Jessica M. And uh, your turn, Andrew.
2: And thank you to Mike Thunder, who oh, really needs wow. to be in this Mike, movie. I was gonna say Mike Thunder is for sure uh, in uh, the movie. it gets better. Richard Cranium. I mean, Ooh. come on. Yeah. Yeah, the I mean that's the scientist. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Uh Kristen Lewis. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's a that's a quality <laughs> Kristen name. Kristen can be in the crowd somewhere. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Backtracks.fm. Uh, I'm not sure what that is. Do the sound, um, maybe. You know, yeah, it's sound and sound The fat Jedi eating cake in the Death Star Canteen. (laughs) So, (laughs) There's a perfect extra for the film. Exactly. Just just the one fat Jedi over there. So uh, thank you all so much for supporting the show over at patreon.com slash law. We hope that you are enjoying the like literally thousands of hours of bonus content while you're uh, self-quarantined.
0: Well, that's our show. Uh, Stay safe out there, everybody. Uh, Stay quarantined. It's the real deal. Wash your hands. You know, don't touch stuff, all that stuff. And yeah, I hope you enjoy patrons, the show coming right at you very soon. Everybody else on Tuesday. And uh, again, Andrew's talk, the last talk at the end of the world that uh, the patrons will also get to hear on Tuesday. So lots of good reasons to hop on over to patreon.com slash law. If you can, we understand times are tough if you can. Um, okay. Thanks everybody. We'll see you next time. You betray the
2: Law! law!
1: This has been Opening Arguments with Andrew and Thomas. If you love the show and want to support future episodes, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash law. If you can't support us financially, it'd be a big help if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever podcast delivery vehicle you use. And be sure to tell all your friends about us. For questions, suggestions, and complaints, email us at openarguments at gmail.com. The show notes and links are on our website at www.openargs.com. Be sure to like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at OpenArgs. Until next time. This is a production of Opening Arguments Media, LLC. All rights reserved.
2: Opening Arguments is a copyrighted production of Opening Arguments Media, LLC, all rights reserved. Opening Arguments is produced with the assistance of our editor, Brian Ziegenhagen, our transcriptionist Heather Leverage, production assistant Ashley Smith, and with the generous assistance of our volunteer unofficial researcher, Deborah Smith. Special thanks to Teresa Gomez, who runs our merch and our live shows, and also heads up the OA Wiki project. Follow them at at OA Wiki. And a big thank you to our Facebook group moderators, Emily Waters, Alicia Cook, Eric Brewer, Natalie Newell, Brian and Teresa. Check out the Opening Arguments community on Facebook. And finally, thanks to Thomas Smith for creating the fabulous OA theme song